Hello there, welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. My name is Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And today we're talking about S2, I'm sorry, S4 <laughs> E22. Cover for me. Hmm. Hmm. What would have been great is if we followed in the style of the girls themselves and actually had two other people just cover for us in this episode. That'd be nice. I'm taking a vacation in December. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, we'll work something out. Okay. Mm-hmm. It'll be after the Christmas episode. After it airs, but not after we we're done. We'll still be plowing along. We're we're slated to do the Christmas episode the week of Christmas. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Also, apparently got a lot of pushback on uh, taking pills without water. Hmm. Shocking. Hmm. <laughs> I guess I should clarify, if your like, throat is dry, you shouldn't like, force the pill down or anything, but... I'm mostly talking about people who like need the water. Still going for this one, huh? I'm trying. What most people don't know is that uh, Marco has he has things about pills, things about dentists, things about needles, and I like to tweak them whenever I can. I have normal people's fears. Normal people's fears of dentists. Also, spiders, mm. money issues. You fear Letting... money issues? Who doesn't fear that's money a, issues? That's not a fear. I'm an adult now. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> now that you turn 33, you're an adult. Yeah. I don't trust myself because I'm over 30. Mm-hmm. I have plenty of money, but, you know, still I'm afraid. What if I don't? Doesn't like Dennis. We have another podcast where we discuss that. It's just that we don't like Dennis, or I don't like Dennis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you refuse to have a male dentist. I feel like our, our listeners fucking, need to know that. They're fucking sadists. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. My uh, my last dentist was a lady, and she was basically, in a lot of ways, I think, like the idealized version of Spencer Hastings growing up. She was a huge equestrian, like loved her hmm. horse riding. What if I was a dentist? That would make so much sense. I but the problem so. is that you would you would be trying to like operate in your own mouth just to see if you could. Yeah, I get a lot of mirrors set up. Anyway, this is the Pretty Little Liars podcast. That's what we talk about. We're talking about the antepenultimate episode of PLL, cover for me. Mm-hmm. And it starts out with Spencer in a room at night. She's folding well, some sweaters. Written by Brian Holman, directed by Michael Grossman. Uh, just mm-hmm. throw that in real quick. Yeah. Spencer's yeah. back. I, sh- I should also throw in, I think this might actually be, I don't know, at least favorite is an unfair word, but like, wow. This episode, it, it, it provokes a, uh, like a knee jerk reaction. Like, I, I, there's, there are things in this world that Benji doesn't truck with. Mm-hmm. One of them is like douchebag guitar bros. Oh, yeah. And the this... other is like agency limiting, like rehab bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. Uh, some of our his lost weekend stuff though is just delicious and it's ridiculous arius arianus. Anyway, let's get there. Yeah. Spencer's folding sweaters in her room. She looks a little more cleaned up now. A little. Mm-hmm. It's like we, I don't feel like she's never truly recovered her Spencerness for, or not, I mean, her Spencerness, but like her old, like preppy look, like ever since the Dark Spencer saga. Yeah. It's never quite the same after that. Right, right. So Veronica walks in, she has to th- 
Spencer has anything for the dry cleaners. And Spencer says, it was three, de- three days in rehab, Mom. I really did not need so many sweaters. Just want to make sure her daughter's warm. Yeah, you know, maybe go out, get some fresh air. And Spencer's just like, yeah, I did get cold. And then I got the sweats. You know, withdrawal symptoms can't really be stopped with a cable knit. Mm-hmm. Veronica says that the medical detox is supposed to, you know, help mitigate your discomfort. And Spencer's like, it did, Mom. It was so comfortable kicking my drug habit. She's so delightfully, like, bitchy and sarcastic. And Veronica just has this look like, chill, bitch. <laughs> so Spencer takes it down notch. He's like, sorry, I'm very irritable. They said, do you expect irritability over the next few days? Which means that Spencer now has a license to bitch. Mm-hmm. And Veronica says, as long as you're home and well, I can handle it. And Spencer kind of smiles, but then she starts, like, I don't know, like, flashbacking. Like, she just, like, hears her voice from the flashback from last week say, don't you walk away from me, like, just in her own head. Mm, which stuns her. And Veronica's like, is there anything you need? There's leftover carbonara, and I can make a salad if you'd like something lighter. And then more flashback voices. We hear Allie say, you're way out of your league, Spencer. Then we get these like brief flashes of Spencer with the shovel, like facing off against Allie and Allie saying, you sure about that? Put that thing down before you hurt yourself. And Spencer's just like, you know, back in present day, she's just kind of like looking just out of it. Veronica's like, Spencer? And Spencer. Well, I love that great shot though in the flashback though of like Spencer's POV as Allison runs away from her. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Like the, the pursuer's view. Yeah. So Veronica's like, Spencer? And Spencer like, looks back at her, she's like surprised, and Veronica's like, I said you look tired. Maybe we should get some rest. Hmm. We have some things to discuss in the morning. So Veronica takes off, and Spencer just, she just looks like so confused now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so meanwhile, at the rockinest frat party of all time, I mean, this party looks so much more wild and crazy than that sorority party we saw at Cicero College. Uh, this is at there, Syracuse, Syracuse University. Lots of red solo cups, yeah. Yeah, uh, crowd of people, and then there's fucking Aria, and she is hammered. It's like Pi, Pi Sigma Theta, is that what this is? I think so, yeah, she's fucking yeah. hammered drunk. Um, she's hammered drunk with the biggest douchebag that has ever been like put to you know red camera film. The douchiest. Video. The douchiest douche has ever douched. Um, oh my god, this guy. This he's got, he's got like the weird like high hair thing. He's got a pube stash, which by the way, I'll just be referring to him as pube stash for the rest of the episode. He looks like uh, like Chad Michael Murray's more like just hideous like like brother. heroin addict brother. Yeah. Um. The song, the line of the song I was playing is "Come and get it," and uh, Arya like. She drops her her red solo cup because like fuck it. Well, she like she, she downs it. She yeah. downs the whole thing and but then, then just, she just like drops it. Drops it like sloppily and then she's like, ah, eh, fuck it. Bad girl Arya, she's getting revenge. Yeah, this is what happens when she's come undone and she kisses this bro pretty deeply. And I feel like the audience got to like the the, the teenage audience is geared to has just got to be mm-hmm. like, damn, damn girl. I think the teenage audience that the show is geared to obviously thought this was like the episode of Mad Men where Dawn goes to L.A. <laughs> if only those those episodes are usually good <laughs> uh so the next morning after the credits we're in the hastings home sister comes downstairs she's chipper she's calling out her mom looking for her car keys she wants to go to school early catch up on some assignments she missed 
But in the kitchen, there's Veronica with some dude. Spencer apologizes for. But she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt." And Veronica introduces this guy. This is Dean Stavros. Um, that Dean's totally gonna... sounds like a made-up like video game name. Dean Stavros. What was Uncle Jesse's name in Full House? Was it Stavros? I think it was Jesse. Was he like some kind of like Greek last name. Uh oh, he de- didn't he? Yeah. Spinoff, this is mm. like Uncle Jesse's son all grown up. Well, and this dude looks like, I don't know, 20-something maybe. Yeah. Looks like he belongs on Vampire Diaries, which is where I think he came from. Which is probably where he came from, yeah. He's like an mm-hmm. Australian actor, I believe. Um, So Dean's going to be staying with him for a while. Spencer, is, she's nice for a moment, but then Veronica informs us that she's not going back to school just yet. Veronica says, we've already taken your car keys. We'll need your cell phone and your laptop as well. And Spencer, with such disgust, says, what? Why? Well, and Mr. Dean here is just like sitting smugly at the kitchen island. Yeah. Like, just like enjoying this. Yeah. Uh, Veronica says there will be no phone calls of any kind, no internet, no friends. We'll be sure to get your assignments from school. Spencer says, and how do you expect me to turn them in? Carrier pigeon? Nice. Veronica says, you will earn your privileges back over time as long as you follow Dean's program. Mm-hmm. And Spencer looks like she's on the verge of like a berserker rage right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I am too. Like, oh man, nothing, nothing makes Benji angrier than this kind of bullshit right here. Oh, I want to see you go through like, rehab now oh and I, I should mention i've never gone through this myself but there's i don't know what it is i have like a knee-jerk reaction to it like it the just surrendering like, to a higher power yeah that. yeah i understand that that's bullshit yeah yeah and so uh where am i here so spencer says doctor said i was fine to go back to school as long as i agreed to outpatient counseling and she looks over at dean she's like could you please excuse us i need to talk to my mom and he just like stands up like this smug prick and he's just like, actually, I don't think I can, Spencer. I'm a drug and alcohol abuse counselor. Your parents Spencer... brought me here to help you. She almost wants like LOL in his face. Well, she like, she just crosses her arm and smiles like, I'm going to fucking destroy you, you asshole. Yeah. And he yeah. says, I'll be camped out in the barn on call 24-7 to help. And Spencer's like, so you're basically a babysitter. And then she just like looks back at her mom. She's like, do you and dad distrust me this much? Veronica says, quite frankly, given this latest episode, yes. <laughs> Dean's like, I understand, understand you may be feeling a little ambushed. And it's like, yeah, asshole, because you're ambushing me. Well, she's like, excuse me. And then she turns back to Veronica, ignoring him. Well, don't How you long... feel like, 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 where's Peter here? Because I feel like if Peter were here, he wouldn't, he wouldn't take this guy's familiar tone. He'd be like, listen, buddy, that's my daughter. But I think the larger issue at play is that Peter enjoys the privileges of a certain aspect of patriarchal society. Mm-hmm. This kind of thing, I don't think he thinks is his job. Yeah, yeah, I think probably he, wants I think nothing he, to do with it. He leaves this kind of stuff to Veronica. Yeah, yeah, and Spencer's like, "Excuse me, how long am I supposed to stay under guard?" And Veronica says, "I had to apologize for my daughter." And Spencer says, "Oh, as long as you're handing them out, I would love an apology too." Yes. Yeah. Veronica says, "Your father and I thought the first time would be the last. Since you've relapsed," and Spencer's like, "I would hardly call it a relapse." Uh, and Dean says, Spencer, look, I bet your mom would feel a whole lot more open to hearing you out if you hand over your electronics. Show her you're willing to cooperate. It's like, fuck you, Dean. Yeah. Nobody asked you. Yeah. I would boil some hot water, like, pour in this guy's face when he was mm-hmm. sleeping. That's how much he annoys me. But Spencer can see the writing on the wall. Uh, she takes her bag off, pulls out her laptop, and hands it to him. And she's like, can I just call Toby? Like, tried him last night. He hasn't called me back. And Veronica says that she's had conversation with Toby, and Toby understands that Spencer's going to be hard to reach for the time being. And Dean is like, it'll give us all a chance to focus. 
So she hands her phone over to Toby. Really, I would have just been like, fuck you, and, le- and walked out. She I would have just been like, calling your bluff, and walked right out of the house. Yeah, she lingers for a moment, then hands the cell phone over, basically like, truly cutting herself off from the world. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, well, great, where do we start? So he digs in his bag, and he pulls out the piss cup. And she's <laughs> like, fantastic. I will go upstairs and fill this with my dignity. And, and she just walks she off, just like scornful and pissed, and Veronica and Dean both are watching her go like they're like on pins and needles, you know, like because uh, frankly, I feel like Spencer gets in a little easily here. I, I can only assume it's because she has like other agendas. I feel like once she's gone, Veronica like surrenders to the tremors in her hand. <laughs> Seriously. Like, oh my God, you don't know how bad that could have gone, Dean. Um, I would have just love to see Spencer be like, no, and just like walk right out of the house. Yeah. Meanwhile, at Syracuse, we get in the hard side of day, we get hungover Aria. She is sitting on top of a picnic bench on her phone. She has one of those, like, knit dock workers hats on. Yeah, she's got a beanie on. Um, a, she's, a, like, across the street from, like, frat row here. Yeah, she's got, like, a sweater on of smiley faces on it. Like, she's just mocking our attempts to classify her fashion. And and big old sunglasses. Yeah. Because she's hungover. Um, so she's on the phone with Emily. We see Emily in her bedroom on the other end of this call. Emily asks if uh, Arya's dad has any idea what's going on. Arya says no, that Byron thinks that she's just there for a school visit. Uh, four, four days, days of, like, of campus tours. Yeah, campus tours, father-daughter bonding time. And Emily's like, well, how are you doing, really? And Arya's like, honestly, I'm just trying not to think about it, him, everything. Emily says that she doesn't do this alone. Well, meanwhile, that Pubestash bro's like, walking across the street from his frat house. He sees Arya and, like, gives this, like, dumb asshole smile and walks over. The lamest rocker douche bro ever. I mean, bitchy James Dean. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so Arya says that she's not alone as he comes up to her, and she's like, I'm with my dad. She's kind of like this, like, LOL attitude. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, the tour's starting, gotta go by. She hangs up. Riley is his name, who I'm just gonna call... Uh, I believe his name's like, actually Pube Sash. I- I'm just gonna go ahead and call him Riley Finn on occasion here. Uh, oh, that's even harsh to Riley Finn. Yeah, he saddles on over to her. Well, because it's yeah. Um, and Riley just, Finn's just like, hey, at least I shave. He's like, I was in the military, sort of. Um, Arya's like, wow, morning sunshine. He's like, oh, don't start. You look worse than me. And she's like, no, I don't. Very true. I'm Arya, bitch. Um, yeah, Arya has had some lame love interests over the course of the show, but this guy takes the fucking cake and then has drunken rebound sex of her on top of it. I, um, I feel like Arya is documenting this all to show it to Ezra later and just be like, see, I win. Oh, I hope. Yeah, I hope every moment. She's like, I went and found the biggest loser in the world and fucked him just to stick it to you. Yeah, yeah. What is the thing from PLO Imitations? Uh, we'll get to that later. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, his whole face just screams, I'm an asshole. Punch me! Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, Ari holds up the, the name tag for the, the college tour, and Riley Douchebro is like, you ready to learn about the illustrious, in- this illustrious institution? And she's like, I'm ready for some sleep or well, coffee. This, God, this guy's such an asshole. He's just like, ready to learn about the history of this illustrious institution. Like, he, he obviously thinks he's very clever. Somebody needs to punch him in the face. He... He looks like he's like the runner-up audition for the asshole who plays the penguin on Gotham. That was my first impression. Mm-hmm. So Pupe Sash is like, yeah, my student host didn't exactly offer continental breakfast. And we hear the tar- tour guides like calling everyone, you know, over the tour's about to begin. He says, 
We uh really need to go on this thing. I know a place nearby. Killer pancakes. Mm. What exactly are killer pancakes? And Ari says, you mean bail on the tour? And he's like, only if you want to. And Ari says, I want. He does the cool guy version of the shrug from the guy from mm-hmm. Academic Decathlon. He literally does the exact same body motion. Yeah. So uh, they walk off. He grabs her sunglasses away and puts them on. And Ari's like, give those back. I need them. And he ignores this and points her down the street. Yeah, what you'd have to take the elevator up several floors to try and grab them back from him. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Arya, the mysterious bad girl with the lyrical name, everything she does is unexpected and rebellious. So it rose at high um, in the school hallways. Emily, Emily and Hannah are walking together. They have to hold this down on, on their own. Hannah's, Hannah's got the raccoon eyes going in this episode. Well, she's she's wearing something that like you'd see like in an 80s cock rock video, but <laughs> sexier. I think she has like leather pants on in this scene, doesn't she? Uh, hard to tell. I'll have to track further. She has like a burgundy top on with all these weird, like, kind of like spider web shard things happening. I'm not really sure what's going on. Emily's wearing a, a sensible lesbian vest. And so they're walking and talking. Emily talks about how Arya called and Hannah wants to know if she's still mad at her. And Emily says she's not mad. She's hurting. She sounded okay. Distant. Are we still going to Spencer's later? And they're at Spencer's lo- or Hannah's locker now, and Hannah's like, it was so weird. I called her cell and her mom answered. There's no visitors, and she's not going to be back at school for a while. Emily figures it's probably for the best, and she mentions that she saw Fitz's car in the parking lot. And Hannah's like, wait, he's back? So he just goes to New York to collect this big fat check for selling us out? And then what, comes back here to gloat? I wish that's how it would go down. Yeah. I wish but- I wish I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> then they, they hear an argument and look over. Mikey, Montgomery, and Mona are kind of arguing in the hallway. And Mike's like, I wish you would have told me this before I bought tickets. Do you want to go at all? And Mona says, I'm sorry, Mike. I don't know what to say. He says, give me a call when you figure it out. And he storms off. And Mona looks a little sad and then, of course, looks over to see if they're all, the liars are just staring at her. Guys, you know? I think there's trouble in Camelot here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then we, yeah, she gives them kind of a look like, oh, great, I'm glad you bitches witnessed that. And then we see that she's actually looking past them. So, well, Hannah, Hannah has Emily, like the most disapproving look when she's looking at Mona. Like, yeah. how dare you hurt Mikey Montgomery's heart? Yeah, yeah, Michelangelo Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then they kind of turn their heads and they see the hands, uh, or Mona's looking past them. And there's fucking Ezra standing in the middle of the hallway watching Mona. <laughs> They're sharing, uh, a meaningful look, capitalized. Um, Ezra goes in his classroom. Mona walks off. Emily and Hannah are standing in the hallway in the middle of these, where these two were, just like, uh. <laughs> yeah, Emily's like, it looks like she's still, in, or it looks like he's still pulling Mona's strings. And Hannah wonders, you think Fitz was behind whatever that was? I mean, Mike and Mona didn't really make much sense. Uh, unless, and Emily's like, unless she was spying on Arya for him. Hannah shrugs, rolls her eyes, and Emily's like, now I'm mad. We should say something. And she, like, marches towards Fitz's class, but then Hannah hangs back, and Emily's like, aren't you coming? And Hannah says, I can't. If you're going to slash his towers or bust his headlights, it'd still be down. But I don't want to be in the same room with him. So Emily knows was, she gets it. So I Hannah's like, so, doesn't Ezra deserve the same treatment that Connor got to his car? Well, Ezra probably did that, so. Still. I mean, he already had his apartment trashed by Hurricane Arya. The car here obviously being a metaphor for one's masculinity in the community. Um, But yeah, Emily says that's cool. She gets it. Hannah says she's going to ditch last period. Ask if Emily's going to be okay. Emily says, yeah, she'll be fine. So Hannah walks off. Emily watches her go. And then we cut to Ezra's empty classroom. Oh, this scene's awesome. Yeah, this scene is awesome. Well, this scene, I feel like 
Emily maybe doesn't get as many like crowning moments of badass as like Spencer does maybe. Right. But this scene, she she crushes it. Yeah. She just walks in and stands there. And Ezra's like at his desk, like like writing something on a piece of paper, and he's not really looking up. He's like, Emily, class doesn't start for a few, another few minutes. Well, and she's staring murder at him. Well, and she just stands there, like silently judging him. And like Ezra Fitz, he 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 can feel the fury of Emily Fields upon him right now, and so he, he stops writing, puts well, his pen he down. Stops, he caps his pen because remember mm-hmm. he has a custom nib, and he's like, okay, I don't know how much you know, but knowing how close you are to Arya. I can assume you know everything. And she just Silent stares. judging. Yeah, daggers. Uh, he's like, I really want to talk to you about this, Emily, but I'd really prefer if it was outside of a classroom. And Emily's he's, just like... He's doing some hand acting now, too. He's like, I don't think that's going to happen. I've already talked to you outside the classroom. I let you help me with my college essays. You tutored me. You helped me when I lost my girlfriend. And she's coming like closer. She says yeah. all this. Well, I do like that Ezra is like doing hand acting there, which made him look like even less sincere. Yeah. Well, he doesn't uh, it's come like off Keegan It's virus is spreading. Yeah. Oh, Keegan Allen is a meme that has to be destroyed. Yeah. So what you're saying? And Emily's. Yeah, I really like how she's like, you know, you helped me with my, you know, you toured me, me helped me and I lost my girlfriend. She says, why did you do all that? What did you get out of it? There's an assignment due today, but I won't be staying for class. And she pulls out a paper from a binder, drops it on his desk and says, will you make sure a real teacher gets this? Damn. Well, he. He doesn't make eye contact with her. He does that thing that a person does when someone's giving them shit and they're just waiting it out. Mm-hmm. Like the only touch that would have made this better is if Emily took out that assignment, crumpled it up, and threw it in his face. <laughs> I mean, she just completely eviscerated him there. Um, you just got tore up by a high school student. Like she just destroyed you. Hey, teacher, leave those kids alone. Um, mm-hmm. so cut to the window of brew. Hannah gets her coffee. She looks over. There's Holbrook sitting at a table. Detective Holbrook. She is walks it me over or is him. Holbrook like trying like not to like turn and notice that she's there at first? Yes. It's it like he's very pointedly like looking away. Uh, it seems like he's busy. Like he's he looks mm. like he's writing on something. Um, so she walks over to him and says, "Hey," looks at her, you know, and she's like, "Oh, don't get up. I don't want to accident run in your mouth again." And he's <laughs> like, "Is that what that was?" Um, what? I don't know. That's my attempt at Holbrook. Mm. Can you do it? Why don't you leave that to me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is that what that was? That was so much better. I know. That was heart in there. It was real heart. And it says, look, it wasn't supposed to happen. And it's not going to happen again, ever again. I promise. And is Holbrook maybe just a little bit disappointed to hear that? He's, uh, I think they're, they were trying to set up a subtle love triangle there because he's it's like, like forever sure. a long time, baby. Because it seemed like he, well, he says, I'm sure Travis will be glad to hear that. And Hannah is just like, smirk. Mm-hmm. After court, when I passed the two of you talking, it seemed like there was a look. Do you have a minute to sit? And Hannah says, you know, I actually just came to apologize. I just, I thought it would be weird if I saw you and I didn't say anything. And even Ashley Benson is doing hand acting now. It's like it's spreading. Mm. Well, the stuttering and the hand acting. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all over the place now. Oh, is there anything else you want to talk about? And Hannah, she's got her poker face on now. She says, no, I'm good. And Holbrook says, well, there are a couple things I'd like to ask you. Please sit. And he's, he's talking like all soft now. He's like, he's almost whispering. So she sits down. He just pulls out a blue envelope. It's the one that Paige put in the cop car. And he says, what do you know about this? And he hands it to Hannah. And on it, it says, attention officer Holbrook. And Hannah's like, I've never seen this before. 
and Holdrick asks, you recognize the handwriting? Well, remember, Hannah has an amateur's skill in graphology. It, that's true. And Hannah shakes her head, frowning. And Holdrick says, why don't you open it? Read the note inside. It might look familiar. I feel like you're losing it. <laughs> I feel like it's fading away from you. Well, I have to say, in this episode... You he, he... flew too close to the sun on wings made of Sean Ferris's accent. <laughs> He talks like super quiet in this episode. Like I need to hear the the voice to like maintain it. Mm-hmm. But like it was like he wasn't doing this episode. He he talks like really soft in a lot of it. I'm telling you, if Sean Ferris and, and Ian Harding had a baby, that baby would probably grow up to play Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Hannah, or I'm sorry, yeah, Hannah opens a note and she sees you know the note from Paige. I know for a fact that Allison Delorentis is alive. Start looking for her with that address in Wallingford. And Hannah's like, what is this? And Holbrook says, I was hoping you could tell me. And Hannah says, I didn't write it, if that's what you're asking. And Holbrook's like, I thought it was a possibility. Look, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask. And Hannah says, well, you don't think this is real, do you? I mean, you're not going to start looking for Allison now, are you? Which is a little revealing on Hannah's part, wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. Holbrook's a sharp, sharp cop. Maybe he picked up on that. He says, no, don't worry. We get stuff like this all the time. It's probably just another crackpot. And Hannah's big raccoon eyes look very concerned right now. She's like, I have to go meet my mom for dinner. And Holbrook's like, it's a little early for that, don't you think? And Hannah says, oh, it's my turn to cook. So she takes off and he watches her go, just kind of like rubbing his chin and thinking. Mm-hmm. And this this scene is neat because... Holbrook, he, he kind of comes off as like the antagonist of the scene because he's questioning our, our protagonist here. Mm. Even though every, he's, he's, he's a good guy. He has like the moral and ethical high ground here. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, he's literally doing his job. Yeah. Well, that's, but, you know, that's, that's why these, that's why introducing the good cops is such a yeah, touch. Yeah. It's, it makes it much more fun that they are seemingly on the up and up. I mean, this guy actually like, like, turn down the advances of an attractive high school girl because it would be inappropriate. Like, when does that happen in Rosewood? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and it is his job to find Alice Nita just to get to the bottom of this. It's yeah, not he actually hasn't... the job of the four main girls of the yeah. show, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> Only, and he hasn't given up on that. Yeah, he's still doing his job. Um, he's got to, you know, he's got to have something to show for his work because he's got all these like travel vouchers, I'm sure. Well, you, you got to think that, like, I mean, I don't know if like this was like a strategy he planned out with Roman Mafia or anything, but like, hey, if you could happen to befriend one of these girls, it might help us. That's better than the the strategy on the killing, where he just like dresses like a hobo and like like <laughs> tends to get high of high school girls. Hey, that that tech investigative technique works very well for uh, what was that guy's name? Like Holden. I can't remember. On the killing? Yeah, on the killing. Oh, I only watched like a handful of that. It was like so. Stephen Holden or something like that. Yeah, that guy. His Hol- technique Hol- was to like, hey, yeah, Holder, like, fake, I think, maybe. Holder. He had like fake pot that he'd smoke with all the teenage kids. And, and just, just be like, like he'd, he'd like dress up like a junkie and like go like, you know, blow a fake joint and be like, so, you guys hear anything about this killing? That was his whole technique. Why would the high girls want to get high with this filthy scumbag? I mean, if he was like a, you know, like a clean guy. Well, I think they would like want his drugs, but then they'd be like, wait, what is this? This is like a fake joint. What is this, a cop or something? Clove cigarettes? What the fuck is this shit? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So so, kudos to Holbrook. 
Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, in Arya's hotel room, she wakes up in bed. The hotel room is, for a moment, it looks like it's trashed. Well, on the nightstand, we have a an empty bottle of, I think that's supposed to be whiskey there, uh, like a little mini bottle. There's like a crushed beer can. There's a mostly empty glass of OJ. There's a beer bottle. There's a condom wrapper. Wow, Arya. Yes. Safe sex, Arya. Way to go. Yeah. And uh, she sits up in bed. She has like just a bra on. She sits up because she hears the uh, the tinkly strumming of a guitar playing and looks it's over. It's a guitar noodling. Yeah, uh, Riley is shirtless by the bed or by the window playing his guitar. Arya yeah, says that's pube good. stash shirtless playing a fucking guitar. He freaks out when he realizes that she's been listening and stops. And she's like, "No, no, keep playing." And he's just like, "Nah, I just want to give Antonio a little air." And Arya says, "Oh, you named your guitar Antonio? I like to think Antonio named himself." Excuse me while I go vomit. I just wrote my notes in all caps. Kill yourself. Yeah, he gets up to put his, uh, Antonio away and sits on the bed. I mean, Antonio, you, you're oh my god. Uh, the uh, the pretty little liars annotation thing for this is Arya saying you're awful. I love it. Um, so you know Arya slept well, but she still feels like her head is a bowling ball. In the entire universe is her pins are knocked down. This guy Riley is like one fake British accent away from like being in a band that I like to hear that their tour bus crashed. Well, um, put a shirt on. And he's like, you don't normally drink, do you? And Arya's like, uh, this week's anything but normal. So he asks why that is. She looks over. She sees it's after 4 p.m. She you know, avoids that question. Plus, there's all these like little miniatures there. I mean, so basically, you find out real quick, Arya just like murdered the minibar. Like, she just went to town on the minibar, which is yeah. not not a pro move. Um, of course, she's a high school girl, so... Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, like, she she realizes that she lit, missed the last tour. Yeah, and he's like, we can learn about the Hall of Languages and the Billion Dollar Endowment another day. So her eyes narrow for a minute, and this is the part that really freaked me out. He's like, so your dad, I, I thought you were saying if your dad. And she's like, I am. He's just right next door. And I was just like, oh. Well, the way she says it, she's like, yeah, he's he's just right next door. Like, she's lying, right? I don't think so. I think, because Byron seemingly probably still gets hotel rooms whenever he's lecturing in Syracuse. I just uh, don't feel like there's any way Byron wouldn't have like kicked the door in if he heard these two the night before. I, I, I guess he didn't hear. I don't want to know. I uh, yeah, I don't like man, Byron, like don't you just have to move rooms? Yeah, yeah. I would just uh, be like, look, I respect that you're a teenager. I cannot be in the room next to you right now. Also, I'm going to kill this guy because mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, this guy actually makes Ezra look like a man. Um, he should kick in the door right now and just be like, Antonio, are you kidding me? Go back to Ezra. <laughs> um, so yes, he's I, like a crazy, creepy stalker, but he didn't name his guitar Antonio. Just saying. So Riley asks what Byron professes, and Arya says... Oh, like, what an asshole thing to say. Just, yeah. What does he profess? Arya's like, art history. And he's like... You into art too? And she's like, What a stupid I question. I little, Are you I into art? Right. Well, they haven't been talking. They've just been knocking boots. This is the first like, conversation what? they probably are had. Are you into art? Like, how would you, if I asked you, Hey, are you into art? How would you respond to that? You'd be like, What a stupid question. I would say that I do some writing, but it's mostly personal. You mm-hmm. know, just for me. Yeah, I'm into art and stuff. I'm deep like that. What kind of art? <sighs> Anyway, so Arya this guy says, angers me so much. 
she says she likes to write, and she's like, but uh, who knows now? So she starts like digging through the mini bar, and he's like, what are you looking for? And she's like, hair of the dog. Isn't it supposed to cure a hangover? Riley shrugs, and she's just like, God, we totally raided this thing, which is a small fortune. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like, who drank the pineapple rum? And in the weirdest way ever, he's just like, guilty. Yeah, he like mouse. He's like, guilty. Which I, just, man, run as far away from this asshole so as he can. this right? guy, like, he... He does this thing when he talks where he keeps, like, leaning his head in like it's a bitchy conspiratorial gesture. But it's, like, really, I feel like he's championing the play, like, Teenage Lestat, the vampire. Pineapple rum? I wouldn't admit to that. Um, Everything about his performance just drives me fucking nuts. Um, <laughs> I can't stand this guy. But, uh... So a moment of realization comes over Arya, and she's like, how much do you think all this stuff costs? And he's like, oh, not too much. Maybe a couple hundred dollars. And she's like, I'm serious. And he's like, yeah, me too. Just tell well, your daddy you had said, the drunkies. Yeah, just tell your dad you had the drunkies. I just want to punch this guy in the nutsack right now. Drunkies? Seriously? How old are you? I want to light him on fire. And she's like, what? And invited a boy over? And he's like, yeah. And then, like, he gets up and walks over to her, and she walks to him, and they start, like, making out and fall back into bed. And she's like, yeah, I don't think that'll go over real well. Nothing about this guy would move me to moisture if I was a young woman. Nothing. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, When this episode aired, I uh, joined the, the subreddit discussion and just mentioned how much this guy sucked, and... I had some some agreements from the ladies, and some were just like, "What are you talking about?" Like they're into it. So I don't know, listeners. This guy, Mister Riley Pubesash, what's your thoughts on him? Mm. Just curious. Mm. I'm afraid of those responses. Yeah. Um, so Spencer's room. Meanwhile, in a, a better universe, Spencer's yeah. room. Uh, Spencer comes out of the bathroom, drying her hair, presumably having showered. She climbs in the bed, starts to move around, feels something under the sheets, pulls back the sheets, and there's a shit ton of dirt on her bed. Oh, <laughs> it's all shit. just like dirt, just like down where her, like the foot area of the bed. Uh, and there's a note in the soil. Yeah, handwritten note from A. It says, I know you dug her grave. Now I'm digging yours. Kisses A. Interesting. So I guess the question is, does A lie? That's a good question. Um, that's a season five question, I think. But, it is indeed. Have but, fun uh, sleeping also, now, Spencer. Yeah, but also it's like, for I think some of the people you had to be thinking when she handed over her laptop, handed over her cell phone, mm-hmm. had no contact with the outside world. Well, she's basically isolated from A, right? Nope. Not so fast. Nope. Um, so the next day, at school, I feel like A should be like, honestly, what your mom is doing is bullshit right now. I just, I just want you to know that as a. I have solidarity with you. How am I supposed to cyberstalk you if you don't have your laptop and phone? For what it's worth, I'm here for emotional support. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Then I'm going to crush you and strangle you with your own emotions. Uh, so next day at school, Hannah and Emily are catching up. Hannah's like, look, somebody else knows Allison's alive, but and they told the cops. And Emily's like, this whole book to say who it's from. They say it was a guy or a girl. And well, Hannah's the like, way it's she anonymous. asked that, that oh, she specifically, knows. yeah, Emily, she knows in her heart. I mean, sometimes Emily's retarded, and sometimes she's smarter than she wants to lay on. Especially when it comes to things that she's afraid of mm-hmm. knowing for certain. Mm-hmm. For certain, mm-hmm. um, Hannah's like, it's anonymous. It means they're still trying to figure it out. So Travis walks up. He kind of hangs back, sees Hannah waves. Hannah tells Emily that she'll be right back. She walks over to Travis. He says, you know, what's up? Got your text that you want me to come find you. Know, I was thinking, you. like, Travis, I was thinking for his voice, maybe just do like a, like a half-ass, like Jack Bauer, because that's kind of how he talks. Yeah, a little bit. Like, like, I can't, after seeing him that one episode, 
I can't get the fucking cowboy thing out of my head. Yeah, the cowboy thing was a bad way to introduce him because I always so, think he's a hick. A couple quick fun facts about the guy who plays Travis. If you go to the wiki, there's a bunch of pictures of him with like longer hair. There's oh, a picture really? of him <laughs> with cornrows. Whoa. He's apparently obsessed with geocaching. Hmm. He actually he actually says it's the worldwide national treasure hunt. That's interesting. I don't know. There's something about the way he talked in this episode. He just sounded like I don't it's, know. Like he, he talks too low. Like I just keep hearing like Jack Bauer. He's just like Hannah. It would be an honor and a privilege to date you. The thing about Jack Bauer though is like that's his voice though. I feel like Travis is like almost like it's like his way of disguising his voice. Yeah. I got your text. So I have to come on over. You know, yeah. and I wonder. I would have to be like, speak up. Yeah. So he got a text. Hannah says, "Yeah, my mom wanted to invite you and your family over for dinner just to say thanks for everything." He's like, "That's really nice to hear." But she doesn't <laughs> have to go through that. It's <laughs> how you took Jack Bauer of Batman. Yeah. I don't know. Where are the other trucks going, Hannah? Swear to me. Oh man. Well, I, don't I can only do so many. I'm not a professional voice actor. Shocking. Yeah, I know. Holy shit. You're no Nolan North, huh? Yeah, sit down for that one. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking. Kiefer <laughs> is Batman. I mean, just process that. Uh, I mean, like, he'd be like a five-foot-tall Batman, but still. <laughs> like uh, like, like Fire Ben Affleck now, mid-filming, mm-hmm. bringing Kiefer Sutherland. Is very weird. Well, obviously, his very weird Donald Sutherland mouth. Did she happen to see this is so off-topic? He was, uh, during the World Series and playoffs, he was doing liquor commercials for some brand of tequila. I can't remember which one. Were they commercials or were they just like documentaries? About no, they're, they're commercials. And it's like, hey, everyone, four-time DUI winner, Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> remember <laughs> I'd the, like to tell you about how great this tequila is. Remember the guy? Trust us. This guy's a, a connoisseur. <laughs> when Kiefer Sutherland tells you that this tequila will get you fucked up, believe him. Mm-hmm. From the man who got naked and attacked the Christmas tree at a party, <laughs> allegedly. So I've Hannah... seen the footage on that documentary. <laughs> Hannah says, "Trust me, you don't want to miss it." I mean, she doesn't really cook often, but when she does, it's pretty amazing. I'm sure it is. I miss Ashley. Where are you, where are you Ashley Marin? Mm. Ashley's like, "This sauce needs more wine." She dumps, <laughs> dumps a little more in. She's busy Keep over there in the haunted vineyard. The trout um, says, okay, and he's like, uh, you know, I was thinking, maybe you and I could do a meal sometime. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. And Hannah's like, sure. Wait, is that like a date? And Hannah's like, she just has like the cutest smile on the scene. Hannah's adorable from this mm-hmm. point on. And Travis is like, I actually hope it will be. How about tomorrow night? And Hannah, she's like, she's just so confident. There's not Hannah face right now. She's like, yeah, okay. And Travis is like, okay. And he takes off and Meanwhile, like, Emily's been, like, snooping and spying on this whole conversation. Like, she's, like, she's taken up, like, the same body posture as, like, Gollum. Well, there's there's a little bit of Spencer there. Like, I feel like she has to fill in for Spencer in this role, because Spencer definitely would have done this. Mm -hmm. So he takes off, and Hannah walks over to Emily with this cute little smile on her face. And Emily's like, did he just ask you out? And Hannah says, okay, I'm not digging the timing, but, and Emily's like, are you even ready for this? And Hannah says, no, I'm ready. I just hope nothing else crazy happens between now and then. Mm. So they walk off. What, are you, what hubris. <laughs> what are you doing, Hannah? <laughs> Haven't you learned anything? Well, yeah, the Travis thing, I, I do really think it was a mistake giving this guy his first major scene in, like, cowboy outfit. Yeah. Because I just always think he's, like, some, like, weird cowboy guy now. Is he going to, like, pick her up on a horse? 
Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Like lasso her, like pull yeah. her closer, like for a romantic sex scene. Um, so Spencer's kitchen. Dean pours Spencer a glass of green sludge. Well, it's she, like some sort of. He's got like a juicer out too. He's I don't know, like juiced a bunch of kale or something. A shit ton of fucking kale. Uh, all the kale in Rosewood went into mm-hmm. this glass. She sniffs it. She's like, drinking a glass of salad is supposed to give me my life back. And he's like, your body needs nutrition. Uh, for some reason, Dean is wearing like. Like the dude's parka from the yes, Big Lebowski yes, right now. He is dressed like the Big Lebowski. What the fuck is he wearing? <laughs> I don't even know. He's got he's got like the big weird parka on with like the kind of like New Mexico style just, weird like, angular art designs. Somebody should take these scenes or this scene especially and just like silence out his dialogue, whatever Spencer <laughs> says, and just, just put be in like, the dude. yeah, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. You fucking yeah. fascist. And he says, you'll feel stronger, stronger, you'll think clearer, you'll sleep better. And Spencer's like, I sleep just fine. And he says that uh, he heard Spencer doing laundry at 2 in the morning last night. And Spencer's like, my sheets were dirty. What, do you want to analyze those two? And he says, I just thought it was unusual. You know, with ADHD meds, people tend to sleep a lot during withdrawal. And you're definitely irritable. She just kind of rolls her eyes at this. He says, any flu-like symptoms? And she says, not anymore. He says, what about nightmares? And Spencer's like, uh, what about hallucinations? And he says, maybe. They're nothing to worry about. It's just your mind and your body getting reacquainted. Take drugs away and things come up. Which, like, this is such, like, pseudoscience bullshit. Uh, rehab people. And Spencer says, what kind of things? And he says, things you've forgotten, things you suppressed, things you need to deal with. And so she just kind of slouches. Like, you can tell she's still pretty tired. Uh, but she's also kind of, like, peeking lustily at that cordless phone that's nearby. Yeah, it's a great shot as she notices that, that cordless phone. When he's waxing on about, you know, when I was first in recovery. Because, guy, of course, this guy was really in recovery. Um, well, that's how people get in this thing. And mm-hmm. He's like, do you ever do yoga? And she's like, no, not usually. I don't really excel at athletics unless there's somebody to beat. Mm-hmm. I love you, Spencer. And he says, I'd like to avoid competition. You know, I think that may drive, that drive may have triggered your abuse in the first place. You don't know shit, buddy. Yeah. And Spencer just flashes this wonderful smile. She's like, but kicking your ass at tennis might be therapeutic. And he says, yeah, I get the feeling you'd like to kick my ass, period. Us too, Dean Machine. Mm hmm. But I'm in the barn until her parents or doctors say otherwise. Didn't her doctor already basically say like she's cool? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so get motivated. We've got a lot to cover today. So then he goes to the, the clean the juicer that he that gooped up with that toxic Avenger slime. Um, Spencer says she's going to take a quick shower and she swipes the phone. <laughs> so Spencer's bedroom, she comes in. She's like talking on the phone. She's leaving Toby a voicemail saying that she needs to talk to him because she hasn't heard from him. And she needs him to tell her that she's not like a horrible person. Knock on the door and she turns around. Well, I also feel like Spencer, she now kind of needs like when she needs to know where toby is like it's you know this all goes back to when he faked his death like she needs to know well that too but but as you know a friend of the show amanda pointed out in her comment on the last episode that sanctimonious gargoyle face <laughs> with the huge hair made her feel like fucking shit rather than being a supportive boyfriend during all true this. true yeah i feel like it's just like a thing for spencer like there are times when, like, she just needs to know where toby is and if he's okay like i think it's all wrapped in together yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, and so he, Dean comes in, you know, and he's like, how come I don't hear any running water? And the jig is well, up. So. He like knocks and comes right in. She should have just yelled, and, I'm naked. 
Oh, and it says, how come I don't hear running water? Like, what if she were just changing, you ass? Yeah, yeah. And he's, like, so smug. And then he crosses his arms. He's all pissy. And it's like, Spencer probably would, like, be okay with being haunted by A right now rather than have to deal with this guy. Hey, the dude abides. Mm -hmm. Um, So we cut to Main Street Rosewood. Hannah's walking down the street. Someone calls her name. It's Tanner! Walking down the street with an empty coffee cup. Yeah, Tanner and Holbrook come out out of the shop to talk to her. And Tanner's like, I know what you did, and I am not amused. Well, and they both do this thing where as they, they stand to talk to her, they both kind of spread the uh, sides of their jackets out to, like, reveal, like, the badge and gun. It's, like, just slightly intimidating. Well, I think I think that they teach you that in, like, mm-hmm. technical school. Well, it's like they do it as they, like, put their hands in their pockets. Like, oh, I just happen to be flashing the gun and badge here. You see that a lot. I think they teach you that in detective school. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a very subtle gesture uh, to remind you that we're the authority. Yeah, and Spencer says, it's when is getting skinny a latte a crime? And Tanner says, we're not here to joke around, Hannah. And Hannah looks right over at Holbrook. She says, Gabe, what is she talking about? I think she learned that move from Spencer. I love her like familiar tone here. She's just like sassing and bullshitting with the state police. That's a regular deal for Hannah Marin. Yeah, it's day in her life. This, mm-hmm. this magical unicorn teen detective. Like, but I love that she's like she's going straight for the uh, the divide and conquer. A little mm-hmm, bit. Mm-hmm. And Tanner says, it won't be hard for me to match your handwriting to the note. Will it if she's a graphologist? I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Uh, Tanner says, and when I do, I'll have to bring you down for questioning. And Holbrook says, Hannah, if there's anything else you have to say about the note, now is the time. And Hannah says, she's not going to find anything. I swear I didn't write it. And she just like pieces out. I just want her to like throw down her coffee cup and be like, Hannah, out! And <laughs> her empty coffee cup. And so Holbrook like sighs and he kind of like paces like circling around Tanner. Mm-hmm. And Tanner's like, good cop, bad cop. I thought that would do the job, but she's one tough little cookie. I kind of like her. And Holbrook just like smirks at this. And Tanner says, we arrested her mother and we were wrong. And we put that family through hell. My gut tells me that she's trying to do the same thing. She's giving us the runaround. And Holbrook says, I know this girl. Something doesn't jive. I think that note's legit. And Tanner's like, you're on your own on that theory. Keep an eye on her. Let's see if she takes this to one of her friends. Maybe they're all in on it. Yeah, so Tanner walks off. Holbrook eventually follows. So I'm very curious because my initial thought was Holbrook, the junior officer, brought this to Tanner, said I had some kind of meeting with Hannah. I didn't get anything. Like, she didn't bite. She didn't give me enough. Uh, It could have been all arranged by her to begin with, though. And Tanner was like, well, Tanner was like, let me step in and show you how it's done. What makes them think Hannah in the first place? You know what I mean? Like, why go to Hannah? Like, why not go to Emily well, or Hannah was the Aria? one they'd interacted with the most before. They had an in there. Holbrook can play the uh, the sensitive cop who's sorry for, you know, fucking everything up. Like, I feel like Hannah would have responded better to him than Roman Mafia. But it, it seems like it's not just like they're trying to find an entry point to the group. It seems like they think it might be Hannah who wrote the note from the get-go. Like, why don't they... Is it based solely just because of her well, theory that Hannah's given the runaround? I mean, yeah, like, I mean, I that, that's it's definitely dark. her theory. Yeah. Um, so we got to a, a dock somewhere. I think this is probably the same Let's... dock where they filmed the guy finding Wilden's cop hat last season. Yeah, it's a very, very small little like dock but... here on a lake. Riley Doucheboro is sitting there on the dock throwing stones. He's not skipping stones. He's, He's just, just throwing, throwing them. them. Because Ar- that's his life. Arya wanders up. Uh, she is wearing like a flannel, like 
kind of like tied instead of buttoned uh, over like a white tank top and like this kind of like, I don't know, tartan skirt. Is that what this they call that? Like long like, tartan skirt. With like unlaced boots. Uh, this is like she suddenly was... she's just like, I will be a bohemian when I go to college. Well, she's like, I just got back from like following the Grateful Dead or whatever here. <laughs> When she sits down, she swings her legs because she has short little legs, which mm. I thought was a great little affect by uh by Lucy Hale for Arya's character. Like she would definitely do that. She would just swing her legs. Yeah. Um. So she sits with him, and he asks if that was her dad. Apparently, she either spoke to Byron or or was on the phone with him. Uh. She says, "Yeah, Byron wants to take her to some restaurant tonight, have a little quality father daughter time." And Riley's like, "Jeremiah's." How does he know it's the only good vegetarian place around here? So Ari asks how he knows so much about SU since he, she thought he was from Cedar Rapids. And he says, I am. He's, by the way, I'm not going to do his voice. His parents went to school here, met on campus, chem lab, freshman year. He has three older sisters. They all graduated from Syracuse too, summa cum laude. Ari's like, let me guess. You don't want to continue the tradition. Well, no, because Riley got into the Berkeley College of Music, and Arya's like, wow, that's amazing. This guy is like a walking cliche. Like, yeah, yeah. This guy this is the kind of asshole who goes to UC Santa Cruz and just, like, stays there forever. In your fucking face. He's going to UC Berkeley. Oh, um, man. Those Riley's parents Santa don't Cruz. think music is the kind of thing you study. And Riley's like, what about you? And Arya's like, I, I love music. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Clearly didn't come here to look at college. No, she came here to spend a lost weekend with this fucking burnout. And Arya ponders this, you know, acoustic guitar music starts playing, and she says, "Um, some jerk just broke my heart into like thirty thousand million pieces." That's a real number. And Pube Sash is like, "That's a lot." And Arya says, "Tell me about it." And he's like waiting for more of an explanation. He's not going to get one. And Arya says, anyway, so yeah, he's back home, and that's why I'm here. Just need to disappear for a little bit, I guess. And he's like, that doesn't seem right. He's the jerk, but you're the one in exile. Shouldn't it be the other way around? Oh, Not that note, I'm complaining or anything. Yeah. Uh, she's like, you better not be, and they snuggle close. Side note, Lucy Hale is the exact same height as Napoleon. No, she isn't. No, I just made that up. Um, yeah. so no, Napoleon is actually like like average size. It's just like a weird urban legend, the new short. Take that, Lucy Hale. Mm -hmm. uh, so Spencer's kitchen. Spencer and Veronica are drying the dishes together. It's like night. Veronica says that she can finish this, so I and Spencer go well, up and that put is her laundry a, away. I, I like the mother-daughter moment of them doing the dishes. That's like their therapy. Yeah. Well, no. like, dishes, I feel like, is, like, good. That's therapeutic for Spencer more than, like, uh, this, like, bullshit pseudoscience that Dean is pushing on her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Spencer says, okay, she gets her giant laundry basket off the counter. She starts to head to the stairs. There's a knock on the door. Since she's there, she goes and opens it. It's Jessica De Laurentiis. And because of this whole Dean storyline, I wrote in my notes, thank fucking God. Well, it's great. When she opens the door, it's Jessica's there, but she's like shrouded in shadow. Yeah. And then she like steps into the light. She just like I, invites herself right in and walks inside. God, Andrea Parker is so fucking good in this role. Like, I don't know how I didn't really pick up <laughs> on it the first airing, but I fucking I love her on this show. Uh, well, she's just like Spencer. Veronica, may I come in and just walked right in anyway. <laughs> and Veronica looks not exactly pleased to see Jessica. Oh, they have beef, obviously. Veronica's asshole squeezed so tight together right now. She mm -hmm. could like she could make she could shit diamonds, okay? Um Mrs. D's just here to see if Veronica got the flyer that Mrs. D left in the email box, you know, about the Bridal Show fundraiser, and Veronica's like, I did and Mrs. D's like, I didn't get an RSVP. Well, I didn't get your RSVP. Like it's so pregnant with meaning and veronica's like oh 
I'll have to check the calendar. I'll be right back. Yeah. And so Veronica takes off and she leaves the room and Jessica spins around to face Spencer. And Spencer just looks like very nervous, a little guilty. Jessica's like, you're looking well. Your mother told me you had a bug. Your outburst at my house was a reaction to some over-the-counter medication. And she says it like just dripping with like doubt, you know. Mm. And Spencer's like, yeah, yeah, next time I'll be sure to buy a name brand. Well, so Andrea Parker, she's so good at this, I know you're bullshitting me face, but I love that Mrs. D has such contempt for lies. Mm -hmm. And Spencer's like, I'm so sorry for everything that I said and for the way I grabbed you. I really was not myself. And Jessica's like, no apology necessary. And Spencer kind of gets this hopeful smile on her face. Jessica says, my guess is that she's in there writing a check. I wouldn't expect her to attend. But it's all for a good cause, you know. That charity feeds starving children. No mother should have to watch her child die. Dude, she just looks at Spencer like moments like <laughs> well, so, there's everything so she says everything she says is like three different levels of like menacing while sounding so casual. Wait, so we didn't talk to like after the whole comment about the, the prescription medicine over the counter medicine, like Sp- this is Spencer's home, okay? She lives there. Mrs. D goes and just like sits on the armrest of the couch as if she's as comfortable as can mm-hmm. be. Well, that, um, that hopeful smile Spencer had a little bit ago, that's gone now. Crushed. Yeah, so it's it's crushed tighter than whatever's happening in Veronica's asshole right now. But it, like Spencer does the literal like script, like like stage action definition of squirms. And mm-hmm. she's just like, um, I should probably just take my medicine up and go to bed. And Mrs. D's like, nothing beats a good night's sleep on a fresh clean, on a set of fresh clean sheets. And Spencer's like, well, she gives Spencer this big old smile, and it's like, is she suggesting something? Is yeah. like, you just can't really tell with Jessica. She's so subtle. Yeah, it's uh, so great. And then Veronica walks back in. And she says, I'm sorry, Jessica. We have another commitment that night. I hope this helps. And she hands her a check, just as Jessica said she would. Yeah. And she's like, thank you, like smiling at Spencer. She's like, I'm, I so appreciate your generosity. Goodbye, Spencer. Mm-hmm. She walks out, and Spencer's just, like, more spooked than ever. Well, it's like, yeah, she's spooked. This woman just, like, fucking, like, put the chills up her. But she also gave her, like, a fucking master class on how to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, go back to our... Well, the, the, the greatest thing about Andrea Parker as Jessica De Laurentiis is we've met her daughter, Allison De Laurentiis. He's an amazing, possibly sociopath. Yeah. And it's like, well, Apple didn't roll that far from the tree. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so we got to Aria's hotel room the next morning. She's packing her bag. There's a knock on the door. She goes and opens it. It's Riley, of course. She's like, well, you sure do look nice. She, meanwhile, is wearing a purple cheetah print blazer. Meanwhile, Pupes Ash here is wearing a leather jacket, like a biker jacket. Yeah. Like he's like ready to like uh, go join a Bruce Springsteen video here. Well, you know, this little shit stain probably like has a scooter in the parking lot or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like, you ready for our big last, our last big day? And he's like, oh yeah, I just want to let you know that I'm going to cut out early, heading back home. Maybe take Antonio on the scenic route. Oh my God. Just punch this guy. Uh, Well, this guy, like he has hit it. Now he must quit it. Like he probably realized what a nutcase Aria was from that last conversation. He's just like, I must get away. (laughs) He's like, he's like looking in the mirror and he's like, I'm human garbage, but she's insane. We did not make a good match. She's going to kill me eventually. And Ari's like, you're going to go talk to your folks about Berkeley? And Peep Sash says, that's the plan. Look, I just wanted to say, I thought this was going to be a pretty unbearable week. It ended up being pretty great. You got it's late, like, bro. 
Well, it's like, yeah, I'm sure spending all week fucking Arya Montgomery really made up for having to take a week off from school to travel and hang out. Like, yeah. that sounds rough. And Arya smiles at this. Oh, you poor naive Arya. And he, Peep Sash says, so thank you. She gives him one last long kiss and she says, you should find me if you're ever in Rosewood. No, you fucking shouldn't. You should never I, come back on this show. I, I am dying to see Ezra's reaction to finding out she nailed this dude. I think you would just pull out a gun and shoot him. Yeah. And he says, count on it. So he kisses her on the forehead and tucks a little piece of paper in her hands and mouths the words bye and leaves. And Arya, she's like, as he leaves, she looks at the note and she just like taps it on her other hand like she doesn't really give a shit. Yeah. She's like, suddenly she's just like all business again. She's like, ugh. Yeah. Well, she's got to have some regrets to write about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he says, he says bye. I, I, for a minute, I thought, is he going to like do the thing and like lost in translation where he whispers something in her ear and we never know what it is? He's not that deep. He just says bye. Uh, so good to the window brew where Emily's actually helping a customer when Mr. Michelangelo Montgomery comes running in, cutting off of the other customers. Dude, there's like a huge line here. I feel the need to point that out. Oh, there's a, there's, there's, it gets even better. It's a massive line. He asks Emily if she's talked to Aria today and she says no. Why? And he's like, she's not answering any of my calls or texts. Look. You hear from her, you tell her I said thanks, and he tries to storm off, which is kind of bitchy. Emily tells him to hold on. She grabs another employee and says, "Can you take over for a sec?" I mean, I feel like that girl at the front of the line should just be like, "I just want a mocha." Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You're such a bad employee. Yeah. Like, excuse me, fire her, and then they're like, "We can't fire her. She's friends of like the lady who's like sleeping of our boss in Vienna. It's complicated. By, Kate, by, a, by a castle, by a lake. They're in a donut castle. Uh, just, <laughs> what do you want? A mocha? Whatever. I'll, I'll I, give it to you for free. We're down one one employee, obviously, because she's taking a personal break yet again. Obviously, we're swarmed. Um, well, this lady's just like, I was about to order, and then like this weird teenage boy just ran up, yelled some shit at the barista, and then they left together. Yeah. Fuck this town. That's, isn't that what happens at every coffee shop? I just mm-hmm. assumed. I just assumed. And so um, she takes him over to the nook, the liar's nook, and she's like, what's going on? And he says, Ari got what she wanted. Mona dumped me this morning. I, I just got a text earlier that said we're done. Just like that. LOL. I wonder if Mona signed as A, like just for old time's sake. <laughs> Mike, we're done. Kisses, Mona. <laughs> and Emily's she's like, he's like, kisses? Fuck, that's messed up. Emily's got to be thinking, this is weird. I don't think we've ever had a scene together. Yeah. Uh, and she says, okay, I'm I'm sorry that happened, but I don't think Arya was involved. And Mike's like, oh, so the fact that you guys can't stand her has nothing to do with it? Emily doesn't really have a response for this. And Mike says, I can't think of another reason why Mona would just cut me off like a wart. And as he says that, a couple hundred reasons suddenly come to mind. I feel like Emily should be like, uh, here's a reason. Mona's like insanely in love with Hannah and you're just a useful distraction. How's well, also, that? Mike, you're coming off like kind of a petulant shithead. Mm-hmm. Um, and Emily says, maybe I could talk to her, find out what's going on. Mike's just like, whatever. Just tell Arya to call me. When he gives her like this like disgusted bro head nod, like shaking, mm-hmm. like, ugh, you know. He I mean, in off. fairness to Mike, I would be inconsolable if I happened to somehow be dating Mona Vanderall and then she dumped me. I mean, what are you going to do? I I guess if the Montgomery family obviously has uh, 
like genetically high egos. <laughs> but I imagine, yeah, if you're if you're somehow landed yourself in a relationship with Mona Vanderall, your ego's probably like you probably think you've jumped up like another five hundred. Well, isn't Mona Vanderall basically like the? Uh... She should be the queen bee, the reigning queen bee. Well, she's like you know the the archduke or whatever, the the prime minister Hannah. Like, is Hannah? She's she's like queen A, queen B one A. Abdicated the throne. I don't think so. So she's just like ignoring those. I mean, I guess you could say she's. Well, no, I was gonna say she's off the market, but she was always uh, dating Sean before. So no, I think I think Hannah's the the queen, and Mona's like her her major domo. So. Okay, hold on. I, so, I guess it hurts her reputation a little, that whole, like, Winter Radley thing. So Hannah would be, like, the Prince Diana. Sean would be, like, the Charles. Some some guy on, the on like, the... I feel like even that's an Camilla. insult to Sean. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Where's no confidence? The, the problem with British royalty is that, like, the British royalty is so boring and bland. Yeah. Well, because they're, like, the most ridiculous tourist trap. No, that's why they exist. It's just for tourism. And they're weird, poor German genetics from inbreeding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, cut back to Arya's hotel room where she looks at that folded piece of paper that Riley gave her. It's a handmade, one free, beat up a jerk card. And with an asterisk that says, But I have a feeling you can handle this one yourself, Riley. So I guess this douchebag's name is Riley. So she's sitting on the bed reading this. She smiles, and then for half a second, she's like, she gets back to how serious and grim her life is. Mm-hmm. She frowns. Starts, like, she grabs her suitcase and starts packing. Uh, then outside the stately Hastings Manor, Spencer and Dean are running together, going for a little jog. Spencer says, "I don't think. No, I think this is like at the park, maybe. No, no, no. They are. You'll see in a minute. Well, they there's are, there's other outside. people walking by in the background. Yeah, they're. I believe that they are in the it's vicinity like a, of her home. It's a wooded path somewhere. Yeah." They're in the vicinity of her home. So Spencer says, okay, we just did three loops. That's three miles. And Riley, or I wrote Riley. <laughs> Dean is like, and now we do an extra loop for your little phone stunt yesterday. And she's like, God, why are you so mean, Dean? Because you make me tense, Spence. <laughs> <laughs> and Dean's like, I mean, how long are you going to keep this up? And Spencer says, rhyming? I could go all day. I bet she could. Mm-hmm. So he comes to you, stop. So she does too. They're out of breath. And he says, look. I can see you're a smart girl with a sharp tongue, and you love to spar. And it's like, yes, these are all the excellent qualities of Spencer Hastings. Mm-hmm. And he says, but getting under my skin isn't the goal here. It's getting under yours, so we can address what's really going on. Do you have any interest in that? She doesn't really have a response for him, so he just starts jogging again. He's like, one more mile. Let's go. So, so she takes off after him. As they're running, they cut through some, some another part of wooded area where a gardener has just stuck a shovel into some dirt and wheelbarrow. Spencer passes it, like looks back at the the shovel, and it cues flashback. Suddenly, fugues into the flashback. Well, see, this is what I like about it because she's she's. I think I truly believe she is running the exact same path mm, around. I, I'll disagree with that. Okay, I, it seems but to me we like can't, it, it, we can't address why quite yet. But so she's true. like she's flashing back to that night while, and it's like kind of intercutting between her jogging, confused, and like the flashback. So in the flashback, Spencer's saying, damn it, Allie, I said stop. And Spencer, we're cutting like flashes of her where she like, she has the shovel. She's chasing Allie, who's running away through the woods. And eventually Allie trips over a branch and falls. And Spencer catches up to her and slows down, raises the shovel and just like bashes her head in with it. And like totally awesomely, like blood splatters up on Spencer's face when she does this. Like her face is covered in blood. Well, then she touches the blood. 
Yeah, she raises her hand to the blood spattered face, like in shock. Cut to and the then year now. Cut to present day. Spencer's like suddenly like stop jogging, like holding her hand to her face, like wiping away blood that isn't there. So yeah, Dean sees this, sees that she stopped. He comes back over to her, tells her to take a deep breath because she looks like she's about to hyperventilate. And he's like, now tell me what's going on. And Spencer's like, I think I know what I did. She looks pretty super freaked out. I remember just being so thrilled, although like certain parts of this episode really bothered me. Mm. Like so thrilled at the image of Spencer bashing Allie's head in and like blood splattering her face. Like this is what this is. I always thought she was the killer and like here she is. Uh, but then I also know that in in the world of PLL, when it's episode you know ten of a twelve episode half season arc, yeah, what you see in episode ten, you know this isn't the whole truth. So. Well, plus they're not going to reveal that halfway through the actual episode too. Yeah, that's I mean that's just how TV works. They're just yeah. like, wait a minute, there's two more episodes of the finale right now. But hey, this can't be what really happened. You'll always have that visual. So Hastings mm-hmm. living room at night. It's like seemingly much later. Spencer's like sitting on the couch, like looking pretty shook. Well, up. she's changed now. Yeah, they're so. changed, showered. Um, Dean comes over for coffee or tea. Uh, Spencer says he sits beside her. And Spencer says, "Do you ever think that sometimes people see you more clearly than you see yourself?" And Dean's like, "I'm not sure what you mean." And Spencer says, "There are things that happened that um, that I don't remember, and other people do." And he says, "Oh, and you're using their memories to fill in the blanks." And she's like, "Well, yeah. What else can I do?" He says, well, maybe recalling what happened is a little too much to wrap your head around right now. So she says, I mean, I should have known that I was capable of something like this. I've done bad things before. I've, I've done bad things before. And it's like, go on, Spencer. Well, well, what the hell does he think is going on with this girl? <laughs> He's got to be terrified. He's like, wait, look, before you go to that place, I want you to look at what's happened today. It's positive. Uh, All right. It, it sounds to me like or it sounds like to me, at least emotionally, you're ready to take responsibility for your actions. You want to know what you did, maybe make good on a few things. Spencer says, but I, how am I supposed to take responsibility? I mean, if I, if I really did this, it's like, did what, Spencer? What does he think of that? I mean, oh, like, it's like he suddenly realizes, like, how fucked up are you? He's like, I haven't cashed that check yet. I yeah, should just return it. Spencer just cries. She can't say it. Like, she still can't bring herself to say it. She's never been able to bring herself to say it. Yeah. You know, like ever, ever since the S1 E15, when she first, you know, kind of suspected herself because of that photo that they sent her, she's never been able to bring herself to say that she might have hurt Allie. Right. Uh, and Spencer says, nothing, nothing. I'm sorry. I'm really talked out right now. And Dean says, I think we covered enough. And so he reaches into his bag and he pulls out an envelope. He says, I'm going to give you some space so you can read that. He hands it to her. We see it's from Toby. It's postmarked from London, where Toby's busy promoting his photo book. Mm-hmm. And, and she uh, opens it to read, very curious. Doing Instagram videos at the Downton Abbey house. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, Hannah is on her date with Travis. Oh, did, did you see the latest Keegan Allen, like the uh, the fashion video? I did not know. I almost want to pause the podcast so you can go to his Instagram and watch that video. Um. So yeah, she's where he says no intently. Meanwhile, Hannah and Travis are on a like a date, like an outdoor eatery. They're, we see from the menus that they're at Benny and Eddie's Pizzeria, which I don't think, I think we've this seen is before. The, no, I, th- I think this is the the pizzeria they always go to. It's got a different name previously, right. I believe. Um, Maybe it it's could be under could new be, ownership. Could be the same place. Um, Travis has poor posture. This is that also that pizzeria, the one where uh, uh, Wes throws the pizza. Yeah, yeah, that one. 
But I think it's also in the doorway there that uh, Wilden appears to Ashley mm-hmm. at one point. Anyway, mm-hmm. so Hannah's like, just so you know, I am a picker. And so whatever I order, what, what on the, what's on the other person's plate always looks better. Isn't she just like the best girlfriend? She's just delightful. She's just like, like if they didn't have a candle on the table. She she's basically a cool girl. Yeah, she's the, she's Manic Pixie Dream Hannah. Um, Travis asks what, what that even means. And she's <laughs> what like, does that even mean? <laughs> she's like, whatever you order, get a side of garlic bread. LOL. So just then, of course, because the scene needed it, Jessica DeRentis walks past and stops. And Mrs. Hannah, or Hannah and Mrs. D say hi, Mrs. Hannah. Mrs. D comments on how lovely Hannah looks tonight. She could not be more right. Well, Mrs. Hannah, like, Hannah smiles very cautiously at this because compliments for Mrs. D are always double-edged. There's, She's there's just, like, like, waiting for the hammer to drop. There's always a, sh- like, oh, you look nice tonight, Hannah. You probably shouldn't eat so much, you have to mm-hmm. cow. Um, then Mrs. D looks over at Travis, very appraising, and says, are we on a date tonight? Hannah addresses Travis. He stands up. Well, she says, says that, she said you. it very unfriendly and, like, kind of pointed. She's like, are we on a date? And Hannah's like, yeah, yeah, this is Travis. And Travis says, he stands up, says, nice to meet you, shakes her hand, and Jessica's like, oh, such a gentleman. She, like, laughs to herself, like like her own private joke. And she's like, I won't keep you. You two enjoy yourselves. Well, you know, Travis was, you know, on the, on the ranch growing up. Mm-hmm. 20 miles from any town. He was taught to be a good guy. Yeah. Mrs. D walks off, but then we see very quickly in the background there, as Hannah's kind of watching her, Holbrook and Tanner approach Jessica. And Hannah's, Hannah's watching all this, and Tanner's like, Mrs. Dillarentis, Lieutenant Tanner. And Holbrook says, Detective Holbrook, please come with us. They leave, they lead Mrs. D away there, and Hannah's like full on Hannah face now, and she pulls out her phone. She's like, I'm sorry, this will only take a minute. Detective Hannah face, yeah. Yeah, she texts Emily, says, Cops talking to Mrs. D. I think it's about the note. And Travis is like, So, uh, you want to get garlic bread? Maybe I should order lasagna? And Hannah's like, Not really paying attention. She's like, Yeah, yeah, sounds good. And it's like Travis already knows that, like, well, there goes the evening. Yeah, he's he's now the least interesting thing here. Mm-hmm. So, cut to outside Mona's house. Ramona's backing up out of her place in her car, which used well, to be Jenna's Mustang. Well, there are, like, electric fence that opens. I love that Mona has, like, a weird... It just feels vaguely, vaguely like, secret agent-ish that, like, her fence, like, opens automatically as she backs out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so she checks the rearview mirror. I, I really wanted to... Uh... Like the the secret agent headquarters and the prisoner credits. I wanted that to be Mona's house. Mm-hmm. Um, so she uh, checks the rearview mirror, and suddenly Emily feels out of nowhere. Mona like right behind her. The break. Yeah. There's so many great shots here. The one of like looking up from like the floorboards inside Mona's car. The rearview mirror shot of Emily, especially well, as the brake lights. Mona is wearing like a beige leather trench coat yeah. with a orange and white polka dot shirt on underneath, and like weird triangle earrings. It's such a it's a look. She's on her way to like a 60s spy show. Like, like I want to see yeah. Mona go pop up on Agent Carter. Um, then we get the side shot of Mona in her car with the reflection of Emily in the window as Mona rolls it down on the driver's side. Oh, and she's just like sneering as she rolls down the window. And Emily's like, I need to talk to you. And Mona's like, I have to be somewhere. Uh, and Emily says, going to Miss Ezra Fitz. And Mona just like sighs and like leans back like resignation. She's like, get in. Meanwhile, at Ezra's apartment, he's at trying to tape, He's trying to tape up his fucking poster. Yeah, the, the French film poster that Arya tore down. He's also, trying to tape it. The lamps are still turned over on the floor. Well, like Ezra, why? Like you're really gonna hang that thing back up? Yeah, but like you couldn't pick up your fucking lamps first. Yeah. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> so he gets up to answer this knock at the door. This pounding on the door. It's Arya, of course. 
She's looking a little anxious, and he's just like, Arya. And Arya says, can I come in? And he just, like, stands to the side wordlessly and, like, lets her in, shuts the door, like, doesn't even... Oh, I just gotta be thinking, like, this is it. She's gonna stab me to death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, back to Mona's car. They're parked on the street. Emily's in the passenger seat, and Emily says, why would you help him? And Mona says, I'm surprised it took you this long to figure it out. And I kind of expected it would be Arya. You should have told her about the book, or he should have told her about the book a long time ago. And Mona's, like, shaking her head, just, like, amateur. And Emily says, "Why did you find? When did you find out?" Mona says, "Around the time that she bought Jenna's car, she didn't want to help him with his little tattletale, but uh, wanted to stop him. Yeah, she wanted to stop him, or at least stop the parts that included me. Some of the stuff I did, I could still go to jail for. So we made a deal. I would answer questions about my exploits, and he'd edit out anything that was less than legal." So not only is Ezra a shitty guy, he's also a shitty journalist. Yeah, yeah really. Uh, he's just writing a shitty true crime book. Uh, and he's Emily's, no end rule. Emily says, did you read the book? Do you know what it says about Allison? And Mona like almost scoffs, and she says, if Allison were alive, I'm sure she'd love being the focus of a scandalous page-turner. Hmm. But no, Ezra only showed me parts of chapters I was written into. I never saw the whole thing. And I was like, hmm. So Ezra's place, Ezra and Arya are facing each other off, like arms folded over their chest. It's, well, it's dark a nice, in there. nice shot of the two of them facing off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's a lovely shot. It's dark in there because you know the, the lights are all on the floor. Um, Arya's like, I didn't come here to hash things out. I came here to tell you that you need to leave. And he nods. And he says, yeah, I understand. You need your space. And she's like, no, I don't think you understand. And he's like, I do. I spoke to Hackett yesterday, and I'm taking a leave of absence. And she's like, no, you need to leave town for good. Yeah. And he's stunned. Oh, like she sighs as she says it. It's like, you, you idiot, you don't get this. Well, he has to be. A, I feel like Ezra assumed that Arya was off, like, making a knife out of her own hair to murder <laughs> him. Um, He's like, Arya, we can work through this. And she's like, no, I don't want to work through this. I don't want to run to you at the grocery. Or every time I grab coffee with my friends, I don't want to see you. I don't want to hear from you ever. Arya's pretty awesome when she gets commanding. Oh, and when she's insane at the giant anime eyes. I don't want to like, hear from like you. She inflates ever. those eyes. Um, if only they could find a reason for Arya to like, you know, walk away from houses that she just burned down. Uh, Seriously. Simona's car. Emily's, you know, still grilling Mona, like continuing the season four grilling of Mona. Well, and Mona, she looks almost a little sad here as Emily's saying, so you dated Mike to get closer to Arya so you could spy on her. And Mona says, Mike's a really sweet guy. I fell for him. When you guys started to catch on, I tried to tell Fitz I wanted out. He said that wasn't an option. I didn't want to drag Mike into my mess, so I let him go. <laughs> she just let him go. Yeah. Uh, and Emily says, you went through all that and got nothing? And Mona says, not nothing. It's murky, but it's big. Remember after the lodge burned down, I told you that someone stole the game from me when I was in Radley? And Emily says, we all thought it was Cece. And Mona says, I never found out, but whoever it is, Ezra thinks he knows. Which, you have to scoff at that. Because Ezra's a fucking idiot. Yeah. Speaking of which, at Ezra's place, he hands Arya a copy of his manuscript. Arya's like, thanks, but I think I'll wait until it's in the clearance bin or pulped. Um, it's like, but I she'd really still think read it. She just doesn't want to pay full price. Yeah. <laughs> Ezra's like, I really think you should read it. I found some stuff out that could She's help you. going to be this digging through like the Clive Cussler and James Patterson books to find Ezra Fitz's true crime novel. Which is a game we play at bookstores. Go and mm -hmm. see on the clearance aisle, like how many James Patterson and Clive Custer books there are. Although Arya, like, she starts to reach for the manuscript, and he's like, for what it's worth, I was in New York 
returning my potions of Vance. I thought if I pulled the plug, I... And she's like, it's too late, Ezra. She takes the manuscript from him. Oh, I love the bit where he was just like, I really think you should read it. I just wanted to be like, I mean, Arya, I think I did a really good job here. And I'd, I'd appreciate some constructive feedback. Also, the, the Ezra like, breakup theme starts playing on the piano. Mm-hmm. I believe that's what that this piece of music is supposed to be called. Mm. It's the um, Ezra breakup theme. Because it only plays when, it, like, when he drove off to go meet Malcolm the first time. Oh, I yeah, believe yeah. on the podcast. I was like, is this the Ezria theme? And I realized now it's the Ezria breakup theme. And so he's like, well, I guess this is a goodbye then. And Arya leaves. Um, I, I like that she just walks off. She's not even going to give him like a dramatic moment. Yeah. She's just like, yeah, you know, peace out. The only thing I would have done to make Fuck that her. scene better is after he's talked to her, if he puts one of the lamps up on the table and before she walks out, she looks back at him and pushes it back on the ground. <laughs> uh, so we cut to Arya's bedroom where she's sitting at a table writing some stuff. We see in the background that she she's, has some Matryoshka dolls, which I think is a clue into her madness. She's writing in her feelings journal. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, music starts to play over like a montage we're going to get here. So she stops writing and looks over at that manuscript and then picks it up and we see her like curl up in a chair to start reading well i really want her to get out the red pen and start yeah. correcting the book needs work yeah <laughs> and so we cut her to spencer she's reading that letter from toby in the dark she kind of just like drops it to the ground like she's read enough uh her phone starts buzzing so she she her hears it it's, it's vibrating in the in the desk by the stairs yeah it's like over in an end table by the stairs it's in a locked drawer and so she looks behind her. Dean's not around. So she goes over to that table and we get this neat overhead, neat overhead shot of her picking the lock with a letter opener to get into this end table. Yes. And uh, she sees she has an SOS from Arya. So she just like closes the drawer, takes off the phone. So on Hannah's date, we see the phone is in front of her. And there's a text from Emily that says, meet up at my house. Uh, Travis is eating the dessert. He tells her he's about to kill it. So she better jump in if she wants any. She looks conflicted, you know, really interested in this text. She tells him to go ahead, kill it. He picks up on that again, uh, that, you know, he's not very interested in her. He mm-hmm. asks if something's wrong. She says that she's sorry, but she's got to go. She offers to pay for half, and he's like, I don't, I don't go Dutch on the first date. You I sure don't you're go okay? Dutch on the first date. <laughs> Sad Hannah face. Uh, was that Kiefer or like Angry Batman? You sure everything's okay? See, now you, you know, you made me self conscious. I can't do it. I need to go watch some more Kiefer or some more Batman. It has been an honor and a privilege, Hannah. You sure everything's okay? See, I just, uh, you want me to drop you somewhere? And it's like, you don't owe this city anything. You've given them everything. And Travis is like, not, not yet. everything. Not yet. <laughs> Hannah says, no, it's just a friend. Uh, and Travis nods. He's, you can tell he's a little annoyed. And he says, I knew something was up. You've been distracted almost the whole night. And it's not just since that text came in. And Hannah says, I'm just a little rusty. It's been a while since I've been on a date. And of course, her phone beeps again, so she has to check it. And he says, come on, this wasn't a date. Your phone makes a lousy third wheel. And Hannah says, look, it won't happen again, I promise. I just, I really have to go. So she gets up and walks away, and he just kind of nods like he, you know, well, that figures. Then she stops, she comes back, and she kisses him. And she says, thanks. Look, I know it didn't seem like it, but I had a really great time. And then she smiles and heads off again. It's like, hey, Travis, you take what you can get. It seems like out of all like the, the bros in this episode, say what you will about for the shitty human scum that is Ezra Fitz. He's, uh, with no 
no pretense. He's just that pathetic of like an asshole. Like all these other guys, including Mikey Montgomery, it's like they're putting on this like weird, cool guy bro facade. Yeah. Well, he 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 smiles to himself as she wanders off, and he's just thinking, "Mrs. Marin, you have a wonderful daughter." Wow. Mm-hmm. Um. So we go to Emily's bedroom. We see that Spencer's there. Hannah's pacing. Emily's sitting on the bed. Spencer's like, "So you think that Mona left an anonymous tip?" And Hannah's like, well, if she was upset that she had the dump mic, maybe she was trying to make Ezra or make Fitz pay. Uh, so she says, well, it could all lead back to Ezra. Might stop him from publishing while they investigate. On the Hannah's pacey, and then she happens to stop at Emily's bulletin board where we see there's a blue envelope for Emily, like thumbtacked to the wall. Uh, just like that em- envelope that uh, Holbrook showed Hannah. And Hannah's like, Em, how long has this been here? And Emily says, what? What are you talking about? And Hannah says, the blue envelope. And Emily says, it's a note from Paige. Why? <laughs> and then just like super sad Hannah face for Paley right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she's basically like saves from giving an explanation to this because Arya rushes in holding the manuscript. Says, sorry, I had to finish reading it to be sure. So Arya SOSs the girls. Mm-hmm. Two shows hours up later, last. <laughs> she shows up. <laughs> I had to finish reading it. Ezra gave me a copy of this book. And Spencer's like, you talk to him? And Emily says, Mona dumped your brother, and he thinks that you made her do it. But really, it was because of Ezra. And Arya does this, like, funny, like, little, like, nonplussed eyebrows. Uh, and Emily's like, sorry, housekeeping. Which is, I, I love that the writers, like, put that in there. Because this whole scene is, like, this epic, like, liar download right now. Where they all have to, it's like, it's the antepenultimate episode. You have to have, like, the big meetup where they, they discuss all the various plot threads. Well, uh, like, and Emily just like I love that like sorry housekeeping. Well, I feel like that's probably like a debate in the writers' room of like how do we have Emily like like organically say this housekeeping line, <laughs> and then one of them's just like after she says it, she just says sorry housekeeping, mm-hmm. just like Veronica will say. Well, Veronica has a great line to me. It's the same thing later. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, yeah, I'll deal with that. Yeah. And she looks back at Spencer and she says, "You're back. Are you better?" And Spencer's like, better, yeah, but it's your SOS, so why don't you go first? And Ari says, okay, there's something that Ezra wanted us to know. It's like she hasn't changed. Oh, no, not at all. And Spencer says, I thought you went to Syracuse to get away from him. What changed? Thank you, Spencer. Yeah, Ari says, I I just figured out how to say what needed to be said. And then he gave me a copy of his book. You guys, you're never going to believe this, but Ezra thinks that A is Allie's mom. And it's like, oh, shit. And they all, like, look at each other. And they're all, like, looking like, wow. Hannah still looks, like, very sad as we well, go see, to commercial. I would, I would debate the way they did this. Because Emily scrunches her face, looks to Spencer. Spencer then looks to Hannah, who's just kind of like, eh. Like, I really think they should have ended it on Spencer. Because we go to a commercial yeah. from that. Uh, after the commercial, we're still in Emily's room. It's a few minutes later, seemingly. Because uh, Arya's now sitting on the bed of Emily. And Emily's like, are you sure that's what it says? That Mrs. De Laurentiis is A? And Hannah's like, that's ridiculous. How old is she? Does she even know how to text? Solid point, Marin. So good. And Spencer says, A has been telling us to stop going after Allison because A wants to bring her home. And Ari says, but that's exactly what we've been trying to do. Why would Mrs. Dillarentis think that we are in the way? And Spencer's like, maybe because she thinks I tried to kill Allie? And there's like more surprises now. Like it's each, each liar is like, has this like, bomb to drop in the conversation they're just all waiting their turn you know oh and again Shay Mitchell, Spencer's turn. Shay Mitchell's going overtime of her reactions <laughs> in this scene 
Yeah, and uh, Arya says, when did Allie's mom accuse you of attempted murder? Why are you just telling us this now? And Spencer says, look, the other night I found a bunch of dirt in the bottom of my bed, and Allie's mom made some cryptic comment about it. And Lee says, don't pin that on her. I mean, that sounds like an A move. And Spencer says, that, which is why I think she's A. Perfect point. Yeah. And Duh. says, Mrs. D being A makes about as much sense as you whacking Allie over the head with a shovel. And Spencer just looks so guilty and ashamed well, like, and confused. Nice lampshading, Hannah. Like, yeah. two for two. Yeah. And Spencer's like, I could have. And Hannah just rolls her eyes at this. Spencer says, Cece told Ezra that both she and Mrs. De Laurentiis saw me pick up a shovel and go after Allie. And Emily points out, Allison is still alive. And Spencer says, we argued that night, okay? And we'd all been drinking, but I was also on amphetamines. I don't remember anything. Lately, I've been seeing things. And I, I don't know if it's just me coming off the drugs or if it's a guilty conscience, but if two people saw me go after... And Hannah says, why believe anything Cece says? And Spencer says, because it wasn't just Cece. Ezra put it in his book, okay? He thinks that one of us tried to kill her, and that person is probably me. Yeah, Emily says, the only person who really knows what happened is Allison. So she says, yeah, and she's not here to help us, is she? Well, Emily's... Well, she just, like, throws up her hands. It's neat that, like, this whole half season has kind of at least somewhat been about the liars keeping secrets from each other. Mm -hmm. And they're they're all putting their cards on the table now. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're all coming together, to be honest. And Emily's just like, you know, I can't talk about this anymore. I'm going to get a snack. Does anybody want anything? And Ari's like, "Uh, yeah, sure. I love it. As Emily passes Spencer, Spencer's like, no, I'm not hungry. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, it's like Emily's leaving the room because of Spencer. Mm-hmm. Because first Spencer has to answer that. So Hannah gives Spencer a look. And Hannah's like, I'll come with you. Um, but again, Emily, she has such blinders on when it comes to Allison. Oh, yeah, of course. I but mean, uh, so outside. How Emily, could she not? She is a fascinating teenage sociopath. Well, I mean, uh, but, but I mean, Emily, like, it's her first love. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. yeah. I guess so. I mean, as much as, you know, like, people would give. Like Arya here hasn't really changed in her mm-hmm. obsession with Ezra. Um, outside Emily's room, Emily walks out. Hannah follows. Oh, I love this scene. Well, Hannah shuts the door behind them. You can tell she's she has some things to say, and she says, "Hey, Em, can I ask you something?" And Emily's like, "We don't have cheesy puffs. My mom says that your orange powder has chemicals that makes you break out." And and Hannah's like, "No, it's look, it's important, and I need you to tell me the truth." This has to blow Emily's mind coming from Hannah, but also the way she crosses her arms and just listens, you know she's probably been expecting this the whole conversation. Yeah. Hannah says, you told Paige that Allison's alive, didn't you? And Emily just like gulps, like guilty as charged. Yeah, pushing on her face. Um, Cut to Ari's house where Mike is watching TV in the living room because it turns out he's like, hey, there are other channels on this TV. It's not just black and white movies, you guys. I mean, it looks like he's watching like the A-Team or something like <laughs> old and from the 80s. Uh, he's found tv land yeah aria enters he turns off the tv and he says dad put some leftovers in the fridge for you i ate them <laughs> that's such a funny line that they put in for him that's that's totally something a teenage boy would do too you know yeah yeah and aria just kind of laughs it's nice to see her laugh like for real like i don't know three or four episodes right and Arya's like it's fine i grabbed something at emily's and she tosses her keys and sits down next to her brother and she says i heard about mona and he looks away just like teenage boy heartbreak and he's like mike i'm sorry Uh, i know how much it hurts you know that i would never and he says i know it was just easier to blame you than admit you were right all along all says well maybe about this 
There are plenty of other things I've been wrong about. And he smiles, and Arya kind of seems like she's maybe coming to term with like her own heartbreak now. Mm-hmm. So we get to Spencer's house, where it's night. Of course, the house is dark. Spencer is sneaking back into the Hastings home, just very carefully shutting the door, trying to be as quiet as possible. And then, <laughs> in the dark, we hear Veronica's voice. Are we going to have to lock you in your room at night? The light flips on. Busted. Spencer flips around. Veronica's pissed. Spencer says she's sorry that this is really important. And Veronica's like, more important than staying sober? And Spencer says no. And Veronica's like, were you out looking for drugs? And Spencer's like, what? Mom, no. Veronica points out that the drawer was open and she demands Spencer's phone. Spencer hands it to her. Veronica flips through it. And she's like, what does SOS mean? <laughs> and why were you meeting at Emily? Says SOS nothing. means everything, Veronica. Yeah. Veronica, Spencer said nothing. Veronica says, hanging out with your friends. That's what was so important. I'm about to throw my hands up. You keep flirting with disaster no matter how hard we try to protect you. I feel like that's the line. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're like, we could give Veronica a whole speech here, or we could just literally have her say, I'm about to throw my hands up. <laughs> uh, yeah, so- and Spencer says, well, maybe you should stop. And Veronica says, it's about a quarter past sarcasm, Spencer. You want to try another tone? Oh, uh, this is the Leslie Farah that I want to see, like, in, like, courtrooms. Yeah, and Spencer says, I'm not being sarcastic. You and Dad said that you covered for me that summer when I was still using. What did you mean? Because I still don't remember. And Veronica just, like, nods coldly, and she's, like, considered a blessing. Nice try, Spencer. And Veronica says, I'm going to bed. I suggest you do the same. She just heads upstairs. Well, I love it. Spencer still doesn't get answers. Well, she's so gaslit by her own parents. You yeah. Know? She's like, what the fuck? Like, what are you not telling me that happened? Veronica just a pench- just potentially made the guilt and the shame and the confusion that Spencer feels worse. Well, it's interesting because they've basically added this whole new element where, like, by the way, like, that night, Spencer was high on speed, basically, yeah. you know, yeah. a study aid. But it feels almost inevitable you're like yeah that makes sense like it doesn't feel like a retcon at all right. you're like no i i would totally buy that spencer hastings had an adderall addiction for a while that so, definitely makes sense to recap one of the girls was fat one of the girls had a pink streak one of the girls was perhaps enjoying that beyonce video a little too much mm-hmm. one of the girls ended up you know hit over the head of a shovel and then buried alive one of the girls was high as fuck well, and we saw in the first secret how, like, desperate Spencer was to kind of live up to expectations. Yeah. So her, like, taking a bunch of Adderall to kind of achieve what her expectations, not surprising at all, really. Like, it yeah. totally totally fits in with her character, like, 100%. Like, oh, if she hadn't had an addiction, you would you would expect her to get one in college. Even Ezra said that that happens a lot. And you get the impression mm-hmm. that maybe this happens with a lot of students at Rosewood High. <laughs> uh, so later, Spencer's in her room. She's dressed for bed. She flips off the light. She goes in the, she starts to get in the bed and stops. She pulls back the covers and the sheets to make sure there's no dirt this time. Yeah, it's clean. Then a light comes on across the way. She looks over. It's from Allison's room over in the De Laurentiis house. That's a bright light shining into her room. She And the <laughs> creepiest fucking thing ever happens where well, as she's she goes walking, up to look at the window. Yeah, she's walking towards her window to look at this light, and we see the shadow move in the background. And like, it's like, oh shit, there's somebody else in the room. And this shadow walks into the light, and it is Jessica Dillarentis looking just like stone faced psycho. Like, 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 yeah, homicide face on. And mm-hmm. she comes up right up on Spencer, like she's about to stab her in the back of the head. Then we hear Veronica call her name sharply, Spencer's name sharply. Veronica she's like, comes Spencer, to Spencer. Well, she comes in the bedroom. She asks if she's okay. And so well, the, the way the way it's cut, we hear her name 
And then Spencer turns around and that shadow comes into the light, but now it's Veronica instead of Jessica. Right. Like the, the way it's cause like, it's like, you're like, wait, like, where did Jessica go? Was that, was that a ghost? Like what the fuck just happened? Was it that just was like so a, creepy. a hallucination? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Veronica's like, are you okay? Uh, Spencer looks back out the window, like freaked out and Veronica like approaches her, like concerned, puts a hand on Spencer's shoulder. And then behind them, we see the shadow, Jessica De Laurentiis, like, move across out the door. It's, it's all very subtly done. Like, it's not flashy or drawing attention to itself, but, like, it makes it that much creepier. Like, it's, like, a genuinely scary moment. From the bathroom to the door. So, like, mm-hmm. you, you realize real quickly that when Veronica came in, Jessica hid in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So then the A tag, which starts with a cover of White Wedding. LOL. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I don't know who's doing it. Some female like rock artist or something uh but yeah we're moving over a bunch of white cloth as a cover of white wedding plays hey little sister uh and we see we're looking at some sort of wedding dress that has a uh kind of like a lace as like a half corset or something like that something like that yeah something like something that would go like over like i don't know the abdomen area mm-hmm. uh so, and lions a's using some scissors to cut off a couple of loose threads on this corset and then well it's it's such a menacing shot as these scissors just kind of hover over the thing and then they snip some loose threads which you know metaphor yeah and then a is zipping up this wedding dress in a garment bag just like Like, you would a body bag yeah it's a nice day for a white wedding Mm -hmm. so the next episode is unbridled which if i remember correctly was the one that had the craziest like next time commercial ever (laughs) yeah the like the next sound feel all commercials like all the liars and wedding dresses obviously no it's the one well yeah there's that but it's the one of like it's it's a very special day in a girl's life. And yeah, it's like that's Spencer right. going through the woods. And like the well, they, they make woods. it seem like one of them's getting married or something. It's like it's a very special well, day. No, the it starts off with like the the, the whatever the voiceover of the words like it's a special day, but you start to get the impression of the course of the commercial. What they actually mean is the special day that only comes once is the girl's <laughs> death. Yeah, really. And then Spencer stops, stunned, and you and I both watched that commercial separately and thought, "Oh shit, Spencer just stepped into a bear trap." <laughs> oh yeah this next episode is fun um so that was cover for me although interestingly enough nobody covered for anyone i mean i guess that's a reference to spencer's parents covering for her yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah the next episode is titled unbridled and when i get to the wiki here i can see that it is directed by oliver goldstick written by Oliver Goldstick as well, and my Goldsmith. Hmm. It's the uh, penultimate episode, just before the finale. The penultimate. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that was cover for me. Any any final thoughts? Uh, it's not like my least favorite episode by any means, like you. But it's... I mean, there are probably some episodes in season one that I would consider to be like of lesser quality. Mm-hmm. But I just, man, like, I'd forgotten the visceral re- reaction I had to this episode the first time I watched it. Right. And it was just like, it was back again. Like, I would just get, like, so angry at the stuff where they're, like, taking away Spencer's phone and computer. Like, it just, like, annoyed me. Like, a knee-jerk level. Uh, there's an episode coming up in season five that I think a lot of people had 
their own sort of visceral reaction to you for different reasons. So I guess this this would be my version of that. Well, this is the season where that kind of thing started because you have the Ezra stuff, mm-hmm. which is the first time like the record really skipped, I think, on fan reaction. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so we are almost to the end of season four. Getting there, getting there, yeah. Um, so Unbridled is a great episode, though. I'm really looking forward to that. Indeed. So, if you want to get in touch with us, you oh, can real reach... quick, we should thank Stephanie. Getting uh, there. Are you? Yeah. Okay. You can tweet at us at broswatchpl2.com. You can also <laughs> leave us a comment on our website, which is broswatchpl2.com. What? <laughs> There's nothing. Sorry. Okay. Uh, if you'd like to leave us a review, you can do so in iTunes. We had a couple wonderful reviews this past week. One of which was from Stephanie. Would you like to expand on that, Marco? I just want to thank Stephanie for her review, her comment, her tweets, and her very long email, which was much appreciated for contacting us. Um, I have to love from your review that you think that I am Spencer and Benjamin Light is Aria. Uh, sure, I'll take it. I feel like it's actually the other way around, though. Not according I mean, to Stephanie, and she's always right. Um, I mean, you have a Tumblr account, though. I feel like that makes you Arya by default. <laughs> I'm just saying. No judging, just saying. Also, I want to thank Amanda for uh, commenting, too, but pointing out that Wallingford is actually only about a half an hour away from uh, Rosewood. It's good to know. Uh, also, in Canada, we got a review from JD Photography. Uh, they He... I, I don't know if it's a he or she. They they appreciate uh, hearing an older perspective on the show because they're interested in kind of the more artistic elements and they like that we comment on that. So uh, we'll appreciate that review as well. As far as I know, that's the only overseas review. We've, uh, they're not really overseas, but, you know, non-U.S. review we've gotten. Oh, uh, it's, it's a minor note, too, for people who simply just did Shadowplay. Uh, Joseph Doherty posted something from his blog and Norman Buckley retweeted him. It's an interesting little take on the uh uh emily and and uh, page love scene from shadow play the original version and how it was re-edited with studio notes it's just an interesting speaking of you like the artistic elements of the show it's a nice little like behind the scenes and how the show is made also amanda mentioned something that i forgot to comment on when spencer took those pills in the last episode the ones that a gave her mm-hmm. that was really like like spencer like you don't even know what those are yeah yeah like those could have been anything. It could have just put cyanide in there. <laughs> and Spencer's like, I'm a junkie. I'm taking them anyway. <laughs> That's how bad this headache is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's almost like Spencer just, she, she trusts her enemy to know that A probably doesn't want to kill her. Probably. And they usually Hopefully. are pretty good about using their, their weaknesses against them. But yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> You'd think Spencer of all people would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm -hmm. So yeah, we'll be back to talk about Unbridled next time. Mm -hmm. Until then, bye-bye. Bye.